Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, Governor Gavin Newsom wades into the abortion debate in a bid to stop ghost guns. At a time when gun homicides are rising in California, and as the state's efforts at gun control have stalled over the years, Newsom is putting forward a headline-grabbing strategy. He wants to allow private citizens to sue the manufacturers and sellers of both assault weapons and unregistered ghost guns. In doing so, Newsom is evoking a controversial new Texas law called SB8. It not only bans almost all abortions, but it seeks to avoid being overturned by allowing private citizens to sue abortion providers and anyone else who helps a woman obtain an abortion. So, what exactly is Newsom doing here and why? My guest to talk about it is Chronicle Politics reporter Dustin Gardner. Dustin, thanks for coming on. Hey, Damien. Thanks for having me. Dustin, we see a headline like this where Gavin Newsom puts forward this proposal that we immediately recognize as being somewhat of a commentary or perhaps borrowing from the new Texas law. What is going on here? What the governor is doing here is a really sly legal strategy. He's taking the end run around the court system that Texas adopted with SB8 and applying it to gun laws. And basically the idea is that if it's someday, if the, these types of guns that California's outlawed, if courts ban those, that the state could potentially keep in, enforcing laws, banning those by allowing private citizens to sue, essentially private citizens would become the means of enforcement for the state. Um, and then beyond that, it's just politically a pretty shrewd strategy because Democrats are frustrated by what they see as conservatives um, abandoning political and legal norms by allowing for this type of a lawsuit. And Democrats are sort of matching them tit for tat by doing this in California. And they're saying that if, you know, if Texas is allowed to essentially outlaw uh, abortion, which is legal, uh, it's at this point is a constitutional right in the United States of America. And they're saying that if Republicans are going to do that, then they're opening the floodgates for all sorts of um, state legislation where people could go after what are seen as commonly held rights by allowing private citizens to become essentially, you know, the, the bounty hunters to enforce these laws through lawsuits. So help us understand, though, Dustin, I mean, if the governor doesn't think that the Texas abortion law is good, why mirror it in California? Well, I think, you know, he, he was really frustrated by the Supreme Court ruling last week, last Friday, the Supreme Court allowed um, Texas's law to stand, though they, they created sort of a narrow pathway um, for abortion providers to sue state licensing officials. Um, and, you know, basically the governor was really frustrated and he's saying that if the court's going to allow this to stand, if they're saying it's okay for private citizens to be deputized to enforce laws that that challenge constitutional norms, that that, you know, that, that states can take that in all sorts of directions and that conservatives are sort of opening Pandora's box here. Sort of like, we'll use it for good if you're going to use it for bad. 
Yeah, yeah. And that's part of what he said, too. You know, if Texas is going to use this to go after women's reproductive rights, we'll use the same tactic to do something good and actually try to combat gun violence is how he put it. And to be clear, I mean, one of the things that's got a lot of discussion in Texas is that anyone could sue uh, anyone. It could be someone who's not affected by the abortion. And same in California. You would not have to be necessarily a victim of gun crime to sue, correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. Under Texas's law, you you know there, there is no requirement to show standing. Someone doesn't have to be harmed by an abortion to go after a provider or someone that helps a woman. You know, the law allows anyone who helps a woman uh, obtain an abortion to be sued. Um, yeah, so it's it's a pretty broad opening, and th- that's what the governor is seeking to do in California. He's saying that anyone would have a right of action to go after gun companies that create these types of weapons. Let's get into ghost guns first. What are they? And are we seeing a lot of them on the streets uh, in crimes? Yeah, ghost guns, you know, were, were basically an unknown thing only a handful of years ago. In the last couple of years, it's just exploded. Uh, the number of guns go- going onto the streets has exploded. And basically, these are f- homemade firearms that people can build using um, kits that are easily purchased online. There's a lot of weapons companies that are selling these kits, and they even have videos basically instructing people how to assemble them at home home with just a few tools. We've also seen ghost guns that people are creating using 3D printers. So they're weapons that have no serial number. State law and federal law require guns to have serial numbers. Ghost guns, the manufacturers are getting around that and buyers that buy them often are not registering the guns to get serial numbers. So police just have no way of knowing where the guns are coming from and and just the chain of custody that they go through. And without a serial number, I mean, even people that probably don't follow the law know that whenever a gun is recovered, you trace it, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the norm in policing. They, you know, when a a gun is involved in a crime, police try to trace where that came from, who bought it, who, what, who, what different people owned it along the way. And there's, there's no way of knowing that with most ghost guns. Yeah, they really are phantom weapons. They show up on the streets and people build them at home and there's no way to know who, you know, who bought them and where they came from. And particularly in San Francisco, you cite some stats. I mean, why are we seeing them in San Francisco? Are we seeing them more than in other places? Yeah, this is becoming a huge problem in big cities in California. There was a federal report last year that found that 65% of ghost guns in the country were recovered in California, guns that were recovered by law enforcement. Um, and then in San Francisco, just this last year, the police department says that nearly half of guns um, recovered at homicide scenes, scenes of homicides, were ghost guns. And so it seems like you know, people that are committing crimes in the Bay Area are often leaning into these types of guns and seeking out these types of guns because they know, you know, there's much less likelihood that they'll be found and tracked for committing a violent crime. And it's not just in San Francisco. You know, I talked to police in Oakland and the head of the police union over there told me that he he estimates that about 20 percent of all the weapons that officers are seizing on the streets these days are ghost guns. And it's really contributing to the tsunami of gun violence that we're seeing in the Bay Area. And is this another after effect of, of California trying to clamp down on guns that you you see people trying to get around it at the same time. Yeah, I, that's that is one of the big concerns for law enforcement is, you know, California has been aggressive in going after various types of weapons that it thinks are dangerous that don't belong on the streets. Um, and by, by doing that and be being aggressive with background checks um, and making it harder for prohibited possessors to have weapons a lot, you know, th- that makes it more likely that people that want a weapon for a nefarious reason that they're going to go online and try to find one of these kits. 
And Dustin, what exactly is, is an assault weapon? I think people know that at the federal level, Dianne Feinstein's assault weapons ban has been overturned. It's no longer in place, but California's is still in place, right? Yeah, so we, we do still have a state assault weapons ban. Um, and basically, this is a state law that is targeted, targeting types of weapons that, that California thinks are more suited for the battlefield or warfare than they are for sportsmanship or self-defense. Um, you know, we're talking about semi-automatic rifles with features like pistol grips and other features that make them just better suited for violent combat. Um, the, the state... The state law still is in place. It has been challenged in federal court. There is a conservative judge who um, who overturned it, but then the law is now on hold while the state appeals. And Newsom actually cited that ruling in cite in you know inciting his strategy in response to the Texas case. And basically, Newsom quoted the judge in that case who called assault weapons um, similar to Swiss Army knives in the judge's words, that they could be suited for home as well as battle, the way a Swiss Army knife could also be suited for both things. Um, so, yeah, Newsom really is sort of targeting that the federal judiciary in that case and saying that if if that if the courts keep going that way and if the assault weapons ban is overturned in California, that private citizens could maybe turn around and start enforcing it with lawsuits. Okay, got it. I want to ask you more about California's efforts at gun control and also about the NRA's response to the current gambit by Governor Newsom. But let's take a quick break on Fifth and Mission. We'll be right back. You can support Fifth Emission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for full digital access. And right now, you can get 26 weeks for just 99 cents total. Go to sfchronicle.com slash pod or download the San Francisco Chronicle app. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bolwa, joined by Chronicle political reporter Dustin Gardner. We're talking about Gavin Newsom's legal gambit to try to stop ghost guns and assault weapons. Dustin, what was the response from the National Rifle Association when they heard about this proposal by the governor? The NRA responded with a a pretty cryptic tweet. Um, You know, they basically said that the governor is trying to trample on the Second Amendment. And they said that uh, the governor and fellow Democrats should proceed at their own peril because the American people will not tolerate another taxpayer-funded assault on constitutional freedoms. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of the, the response that people would typically expect from the NRA. And the governor didn't seem to be taking it too seriously. But, you know, the governor has a long history of getting into spats with the NRA. And I think he sort of embraces the, those moments. Well, this is an NRA, Dustin, that's been in some trouble and under a lot of scrutiny. But it's also one that now has a pretty strong conservative majority on the Supreme Court. And they know that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's long long term. I think that's a really big concern for the state. Um, you know, several of the conservative justices have signaled that they are very much open to revisiting cases that that get rid of some of these tighter state gun laws. Um, you know, we've we talked about how the state's assault weapons ban is being challenged. Um, th- there are many other state laws dealing with guns that have been challenged, whether it's uh, magazine capacity. Um, you know, there's been challenges to the state law dealing with concealed carry. So I think 
California is preparing itself for a future where the federal government is, is targeting a lot of state restrictions on firearms. And and if, if some of those things fall, um, th- this could be the backstop that private citizens can can enforce it, at least temporarily, to keep um, those those bans in place on some level at the state. Yeah, I wanted to get back to that. I mean, there is a distinction, isn't there, between what California is trying to do and what Texas is doing with abortions, even though it's some of the same strategy is at hand a little bit different? Yeah, yeah, no, they're very different. Um, I think there was some confusion in, in terms of the level of similarity between the two approaches. Um, I, the biggest difference is Texas's law targeting abortions. Th- th- this is a, a law that's challenging a constitutional norm. It's legal to get an abortion, and Texas is allowing private citizens to sue to prevent people from getting abortions once a heartbeat is detected. California, on the other hand, is going after assault weapons and ghost guns, two things that are already illegal under state law. It's, um, you know, there's been no court ruling saying, no definitive court ruling saying that the state can't do those things. Um, So, yes, the difference is that California is not relying on deputized private citizens solely to enforce the law. State officials in California can be sued, um, and they are being sued to challenge some of these gun laws. All right, Newsom, this is a proposal, right? How, How do we proceed from here? So this all has to go through the legislature. It is just a proposal at this point. Um, Assemblymember Mike Gibson, a former cop from the L.A. area, he's already told me that he's planning to carry this bill. Um, He's working with with the governor and the attorney general um, and other legislators to draft this. And, you know, there aren't a lot of particulars that are clear at this point, but Gibson said that it will be similar to what the governor is asking for and similar to um, to the Texas law just in general strategy. Tell us what else is going on with with gun regulation. California has been sort of quietly putting forth over the last couple of years some piecemeal moves to try to restrict guns. I think we'll we'll definitely see several more bills in this next session dealing with gun regulations in the state. Um, one measure that was tabled this past year dealt with ghost guns sold at gun shows. Um, this measure uh, by Chris Ward down from the assembly member Chris Ward from the San Diego area would prohibit uh, the sale of such gun kits at gun shows. Uh, one of the most common places where people, if they aren't buying them online, people that are assembling ghost guns are buying the parts and the kits at gun shows. So his bill would go after that and prohibit those sales. So that would be going after another big avenue. I think that'll be one of the biggest gun measures we see in addition to um, you know what Gibson is carrying with the governor's proposal. But ultimately, Dustin, I mean, we have a state that's trying to do all these things, but it's in conflict with perhaps with the Supreme Court and with states that are neighbors to us where guns can flow in. Are we going to keep having this discussion where California is trying to do something, but we're going to still see high levels of gun crime? Yeah, I mean, the state... That's the challenge for the state. California can only do so much on its own. I think, you know, there already are a lot of concerns just about the number of guns that flow into the state from places like Nevada or Arizona that have much, much looser restrictions on gun sales. I mean, we've seen that with shootings in the past. Um, the the Gilroy shooting a couple of years ago that the the shooter in in that instance had weapons um, some of which were were obtained in Nevada and brought into the state um, so I I think 
Governor Newsom and state legislators are going to continue to be very frustrated about this, but there just really isn't any momentum and appetite to do more at the congressional level. And I think they see California needing to be sort of a, a national player on this in terms of nudging other states to take these things on. And that was the thing that, you know, some of the gun violence experts I talked to um, for my story, you know, what the thing that they said is that in the absence of national leadership, California has to be assertive on some of these things in their view, because if they're not, um, not much is going to happen. But if they are, if California is playing that role, there's a lot of other states in New England and on the West Coast that might, um, you know, consider similar measures and might actually take the same route that California has taken in adopting that strategy from the Texas abortion law. All right, Dustin, thanks for joining me. Thanks so much. Thanks to my guest today. He's Chronicle political correspondent Dustin Gardner. To King Kaufman for producing this episode. And thank you for listening. <laughs>